Welcome to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mintmaster.com. Hey everybody, Chris here. Welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris, the Martial Arts Podcast. And uh, hello again. It's been a while. It's been what two and a half weeks, something like that. Been a, I've been a busy, but busy, busy boy. Been lots going on, um, as many of you have probably seen on Facebook. Um, part in thanks to all you guys giving me your support for the show, and it's it's enabling me to. Uh, to get involved with lots of cool new opportunities and keeping me out of mischief. So this week we have, well, I guess we've got kind of like a amalgamation. There's a big word for the day. A bit of a mix-up of, of lots of different things that I've been planning to um, talk about, discuss, cover on uh, episodes that I was meant to be recording over the last few weeks. Um, so what I thought I'd do was sort of collate them all. And I've oh, got all the big words today. Um, that is a big word for me, by the way. <laughs> but no, uh, I'd be, I thought I'd sort of mix it all in. And so in front of me right now, I have lots of sheets of paper with lots of things to cover. Um, some of which are questions that you guys very, very kindly sent in the other week when I put out a post asking for uh, topics to discuss. Um, I've also got our uh, nearly weekly match chat with Mr. Matthew Chapman. This week we're going to be discussing um, the benefits of summer camps and summer activities for martial arts schools, which I know a lot of you out there probably already do. Um, some of you have maybe thought about it before. Um, some of you have maybe been put off by it and have now sort of thought, well, maybe it's something I could consider. So yeah, we, we talk about that this month. This month. <laughs> nearly. This week. Um, so yeah, keeping it, listening out for that one a little bit later on the show so i'm going to jump straight in i've got this massive list of things to go through and i'm going to talk about what we've been up to most recently which is um the uh, southwest martial arts and well-being show i paused there because i wanted to get that right i didn't want to get the name wrong but the southwest martial arts and well-being show um, very kindly invited me along as a guest of the show and um, for their first show for their first show um in bristol and i have to say massively impressed massively massively impressed um these guys have done a terrific job for a first event in fact no i won't say it like that they've done a terrific job full stop first event doesn't come into it uh upon arriving uh first of all the event uh sorry first of all the location the venue was very 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 professional very impressive as you as you came into into the area and um, you walk through the walking through the, the the entrance. The first thing you were greeted by was this huge canvas banner that they'd had made up of artwork, uh, of images of all the instructors that were at the event, um, which was a really nice touch. And um, we were signing that as we went in. I believe they're going to be doing something for charity f- with that as well. Um, and then as we walked around into the area, with all the vendors were there, all set up. Um, and then the, the the venue sort of went around to the left. And then the, all the matted areas were there. Now, these matted areas were substantial. I mean, even the smallest areas were as big as the main areas on uh, many other events. Um, and then they had a large stage area with a with a uh, display screen behind it as well, which was a nice touch. So, you know, they've really gone to town on the, the professionalism and the look and the, the vibe of the event. And um, off, you know, off to a fantastic start, you know, I, myself and some of the other guests that were there, we all commented on, on how well they looked after us and uh, made us feel welcome and um, yeah, a, a, a top top notch start. So I mean, I, I was actually there um, to teach some sections from my online uh, kicking.co.uk curriculum and was invited down there to teach a workshop. Um, I was also there as part of uh, the cast of the upcoming film uh, Tribal, which I've spoken about before. Um, some of the other people that were there from the from the production as well. So we had Zara Fithian, we had Ross O'Hennessy, Thomas Dodd, uh, and Grayson Matthews, um, and. There was a couple of others as well. Who's oh, there was Mark Sears as well. Uh, I'm doing well for names here because I'm usually terrible at remembering names. But it was really nice to spend some time with them away from the set environment. Um, usually we're <laughs> some dark locations somewhere filming, but yeah, it was really really nice to spend some time with them and have a chat. Also there as well, there was Mr. Mark Strange, who you will know from the show, has been on a couple of times to promote his movie Redcon One, which is what he was doing whilst he was there. But yeah, there's no no Mark for many years. It's always really good to catch up with him. Also there was Mr. Lee Charles there, who's also been on the show. You want to go back and check these previous episodes, guys, with these two guys because they were they were really really cool episodes. But yeah, I've known Lee, Lee there. With, 
oh, words are hard today. I've known Lee a long time. There was a lot of lulu, lulu sounds in that then. Uh, but yeah, so I've, I've known Lee for a, a very long time, and um, he was there promoting his work. Obviously, most recently, he's been involved in the Scott Atkins movie, Avengement. Uh, he's got a lot of stuff going on at the minute, this guy. You want to keep an eye out. Um, some big things coming from him in the next year or so. So yeah, it was really, really cool to, to spend some time with these people, and, and all of them all commented on how well... Um, they felt so they felt appreciated and looked after by the show. That's not to say that other events don't do that, but um, yeah, for a first time event, the, these guys got it spot on. And the really cool thing, check this out for check this out for organisation. They've already got next year's event um, books sorted out, and it's all going ahead. The poster, the artwork was already on Facebook. So two days, a day, two days after the event. I mean, talk talk about organising. That is just amazing. So, um, hoping to be there again next year. So, if you didn't, if you didn't manage to make it this year, um, maybe see you there next year as well. But um, with regards to the rest of the event, um, as I say, the areas were all really, really well laid out. Plenty of matted areas, which is really cool. Um, so, they had like a combination of, of matted areas for the stuff like myself, where we're sort of jumping and moving around a little bit more. Um, and then they had some areas that had no mats at all, because some instructors, and I get it, some instructors do. Pre- do prefer to teach and work from a normal floor um so they had that covered off as well um but um a fantastic fantastic start point for them going forwards uh, i know that there's a couple of things that they're looking at bringing in um for next year the only one thing the only one i wouldn't even say it was a criticism it's just a suggestion and i think they were actually planning to do it and just in the the busyness of it all maybe didn't do it um having a breakdown of the um, workshops and the instructors on each area because it was I think it was five or six zones um, and it, and yeah they had a timetable which was great but sometimes when you stood on like say you stood at zone three and like who's on next and it would be good if if you know zone three's timetable is up and next to zone three but again I think they were actually planning to do that and you know the the, the business of the event sort of caught up with them and, it, and they didn't manage to get it sorted in time but it's not even a criticism, that really, is it? That's just, you know, it's, it's a tiny, tiny detail. So I'm sure they'll have that sorted out for next year. Okay, so moving on. The next, now, this next one, super cool. I, I read this. I was, I was flicking through Facebook, um, and I saw a, a post discussing the potential of a reboot of the classic movie, Bloodsport. Now, as far as reboots go, I'm I'm one of those people that sometimes I'm a little bit like, oh, you know, just just leave things alone. They don't, you know, we we don't need a reboot. Um, as in, you know, with the case of Ghostbusters, I just thought we don't need to reboot Ghostbusters. Leave it alone. The, the the first one is great, and the same could be argued for a film like Bloodsport. But but I think with this one, I'm going to make an exception because I think this one, this one could be great. If this is done right with the right people, this could be great. And when I when I re- uh, found out potentially, anyway, it's always a potential until there's an official announcement. The people behind this it got me even more excited. So uh, the talk is um, that, and this is this is coming direct from the creators of some of the, uh, uh, I believe it was the original writer uh, of the Bloodspot film. Uh, it stated that the team behind John Wick would be taking over the helm of a potential Bloodsport reboot, which immediately got me excited because you know the the work that these guys have done with the John Wick franchise to think that they might potentially be get, be getting their hands on Bloodsport would be absolutely amazing. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there, um, actors and martial artists, that would jump at the opportunity. I know I would. I would I would be happy just to be fighter 306 that gets kicked in the face and dies after 20 seconds just to say that I've been that I'd worked on something as cool as bloodsport but no joking aside you know I think there's a lot of um people out there it depend on it would really depend on how they would reboot it whether it would be sort of like a uh, not a copy as such but sort of like a, a near enough direct very similar version of the first one or whether they were taking it in a completely new direction kind of like you know visit the ghostbusters thing um you know, I'm not necessarily saying that they make it an all-female cast at all, and I'm not going to get into the, the the politics or political correctness of all that sort of thing. I'm staying way out of that one. But um, yeah, I think this 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 could be with with the right care, which I'm sure 
you know, if they've got the team behind um, the John Wick franchise on this one, I think that they could do a really good job. So, um, fingers crossed, well, for me anyway, fingers crossed for that one, because that one sounds absolutely amazing for me. So, the next thing I want to do, now, um, I'm sure many of our listeners out there are familiar with the martial artist and actor Gordon Liu. I had the pleasure of meeting Gordon about 10 years ago. Um, I'm just trying to think it might be a little bit longer than that. Um, but I've, I've mentioned this on the show before, an absolutely fantastic bloke. I mean, he had so much time um, for his fans, but he, when I mentioned that I, I knew, knew one of his friends, um, it was one of those situations where they'd said, oh, just say hi to Gordon from me. So I did. And he was like, oh, you know so-and-so. Oh, that's really cool. And, you know, come, come back later and we'll have a chat. And I was just like, wow, this is so cool. And I went back, I went back to see him later on and we had a good chat and a catch up and over two, over two days. And such a nice, humble guy. And it was, it was, it was so, so sad to hear. Uh, I believe it was in 2011 when he, you know, when he suffered a stroke and a, and a head injury, um, which has left him in a, in a, you know, particular difficult patch in his life. Um, and, Somebody has been uh, arranging, uh, sorry, uh, arranging um, some fundraising to help cover his um, ever increasing um, medical fees. Um, as you know, anybody out there with, with with family members that are in a situation of needing additional uh, medical expenses, nursing homes, that sort of stuff, it, it is expensive. And you know, as I'm sure Gordon is a very proud man, I don't think he's somebody that necessarily wants charity per se. You know, like a GoFundMe thing. So this this person has arranged for a shop to be set up with some really nice, really nice, cool stuff. Um, so if you go to shop.spreadshirts.co.uk forward slash Gordon dash Liu, so that's G O D O G O R D O N dash liu so that's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash gordon dash liu so the little sort of line not underscore the line he's got t-shirts and hoodies and bags and loads of stuff i've actually been on there and ordered myself a t-shirt um and you know a, a, a large percentage of each of those sales goes straight to gordon's medical funds and um, this guy i mean i i, I say i met him at over two days and he had so much time for me and I was nobody I didn't you know it, it was just that we had a mutual friend and straight away straight away he wanted to chat about what I was doing my training um asking about you know it, it was it was like I'd known him for 10 years um such a such a super nice guy um and I it would be good if you know us as an industry, whether you're a martial artist, an instructor, somebody involved in film, some, maybe like me, he's somebody who's influenced you. I mean, I, I got a whole load of his um, films on VHS and DVD. In fact, I took a copy of 36 Chamber of Shaolin with me to the event and he and he was so impressed that I had a VHS copy um, and he signed it for me. And I think he's given so much to the industry and to us as individuals that the you know the least we could do. Obviously, I understand everybody's individual circumstances. You can't always buy things, but even if you just reshare the link on social media, I'm going to share the link in the show notes and on the Facebook group. Uh, if you could, if you could share it, great. And if not, then go go buy something and share it. Um, it would be great. Let's 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 show him some support and help him out, and then get some photos over. The person who's o- organising all of this is asking them, uh, asking us to send photos. So if you do buy a shirt or, or an item from there, send a photo. Um, she's passing them on to to Gordon to see, which um, you know is 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 a great source of, of joy for him, and um, it's little, little things that we can do just to help out. So um, on to the next subject. Now, as I mentioned earlier at the start of the show. Uh, I was asking for topics, discussion points, um, for people to suggest for me to cover, which people sent some stuff in. Now, I've also got my own things to go off as well. This one came up both in terms of topics and relevance in my own sort of, well, not not situation, but um, radar, should we say that. Um, it was the one of Dangrades, and there was an incident recently. And again, obviously, I'm sure you understand with the podcast, you can't go naming names. Well, you can. Um, but then you've got a whole boatload of legalities to deal with afterwards. But let's just say that somebody, I was aware of somebody that uh, actually just decided to promote themselves a downgrade. Just randomly one day decided that they had earned another stripe on their black belt. Um, which obviously I, I think most people would agree is particularly dodgy. 
and questionable to say the least and it got me thinking about you know the actual value of of grades now you know where are we with them now that's not to say i'm not saying that um i don't value the grades of other people i'm just saying it's a personal thing now isn't it because i look at some people out there as black belts and i can see quality quality martial arts and i respect them fully i respect their grades and then you see other people and you think wow how have how what what's what have you done to to earn that grade and and then you'll get people that'll say oh well just concentrate on your own thing and don't worry about them which to a point is right but at the same time if we turn a blind eye to these people that just sort of self-promote whenever they fancy um, teaching a system that's not recognized by anybody that they've just literally as is the case with this per- particular person they've they've got their completely their own system um, so no external examination took place they've just literally decided on that day i am now x grade and um, had one of their coloured belts present them with their dan stripe. Um, their, sorry, their dan grade, their new dan grade. Just like, is this naivety, cheekiness? I mean, what is it? And it got me thinking back to when I was a kid. You know, I remember as a kid when you walked, when I walked into class and the black belts there, you thought, geez, that's crazy. I, I And I, I remember as a kid thinking, I want to get to black belt, but I can't ever see myself doing that because they just seemed on another level completely and now it just seems i mean i've got i mean i'm coming up 40 i'm fourth done now i've stopped grading because i don't i don't feel that my fourth dan sits on a level at all anymore like if if i look at my fourth dan and then i look at somebody else's fourth dan i might look at them and go wow they're so much better than me but Unfortunately, more often is the case, I look at someone else's fourth and I go, how on earth have they got to that grade? Um, either because they're 12 or, um, as I said, not worked hard, but it's like, how have they got there in that short time? Or the standards just really aren't there. And it and it and so it's, it's got me now to a point, I've mentioned this before on the show, where I'm not just, I've just not bothered with grading anymore because I just think... They don't really mean what they used to mean anymore. So I would, in, because I don't hold any value to it personally, I would literally just be getting another grade for van, like a vanity thing, like just to outwardly sort of say, "Hey, look, I'm a fifth dan." Not because I hold any personal value to it. It see, it would seem to me to be false to you know um, do another grading when I don't really hold any value to that. It won't make me suddenly kick better or spar better or do anything better because I've got that extra grade. So, you know, what are your thoughts on that? Do you agree? Do you disagree? You can comment in the, the, the post on Facebook or get in touch, whichever you prefer. Now, this one actually does lead on very nicely to the next one. Now, Mr. David Jenkins, who is a manager at the British Kickboxing Council, he posted a video on social media that caught my attention. Um, I asked him, could we use the clip, well, the audio anyway from the clip? So what we're going to do now is we're going to jump straight into that and then I will speak to you on the other side. You're listening to Kick Back with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, so ICO work closely with the British Kickboxing Council. Um, so we're working for recognition for the sport, Sport England. Uh, we've made some good strides forward in that, where we've got an actual uh, safeguarding code that's uh, recognised by Sport England. The BKC have actually had inputs on that, where it's actually been written by our safeguarding officer. Um, we're working very closely with NSPCC, where we're the first port of call. If any red flags raise in, in our sport, uh, we're the ones who they come to. Um, we're just working on, in the very near future, we'll have uh, a coaching award, a nationally recognised coaching award for kickboxing instructors and coaches, which we've never had before. That's been nationally accredited to a well-known body. So we're really excited about what's happening. Very shortly again, we're going to be uh, setting up the Professional Referees Association. Again, we intend that to have a nationally accredited training programme to that Referees uh, Association. We've got some good people involved, like John Blackledge, um, who's, who's chomping at the bit to get going that, on that with the ring sports. Um, very pleased to welcome our chairman of the British Kickboxing Council and a good friend of mine, okay, Mr Paul Fowler. I'd like to introduce you to him and, and get him to say a few words about how we're moving forward with the BKC. 
<coughs> Good afternoon and fantastic day today and great competition inside. Just to reiterate a few points which we've, uh, which Andy's been saying there is that we're looking at activities throughout the sport to benefit the whole sport, not just individual groups, associations, but everybody right the way across the board. So it's a universal platform we're looking at um, where we can improve for everybody involved in the sport, not just individuals but looking from grassroots level right the way up to being competitive so we can have a standard set that's recognisable throughout the whole of the sporting sector not just internally to the sport but also externally when people look in at what we're doing uh, to have the referees which are accredited the same as if you look at a snooker referee that is set standard we're trying to achieve the same thing right the way across the board for all organisations we're looking at the, um, the, uh, the, the use side as well, to have a standard safeguarding policy which we can say was recognised across the board so people who are looking into the sport from outside can see that we've achieved a set, uh, a set universal standard. But that goes across all activities. When we compete we want to know that people are safe. So we are looking at coaches, we're looking at referees and uh, hopefully we can move the sport forward together for everybody for every association, for every group and for all people to make the sport what it can be. Excellent, yeah. I'd just like to add to that, you know, we, we are trying to make the sport better, okay, only we can do that, is the people involved in the sport, the only ones that can take this sport forward and make it better, and it's about the younger generations that are coming through, they're the ones we want to make it better for, you know, the future athletes that are coming through, the kids that you see today, today's competition, it's up to us really, our era, to try and bring this sport together and make it better for future participants. Um, we'll be working on a big British Kickboxing Council under one banner, uh, national championships in 2020. Um, we'll be inviting all associations to come and let's see who, whose fight is this, the number one in, in a particular weight category. It will be the British Open under one rule set and uh, yeah, it'll be fantastic if we can get everybody involved under one roof. That's what we're looking for, bringing the sport together. We're looking to bring the ring sports together under the uh, British Ring uh, Sports Committee as well. It'll be an open invitation going out to everyone shortly to try and get a, a, common, <coughs> a common standard and a common rule set and regulations on ring sports as well. So up and down the country, regardless who's doing what, you know, it's formulated properly and there's a standard that everybody has to reach for them to be a promoter. Um, so, you know, we are working very hard, you know, we need people to come on board. It's an open table, open forum for people to come on and work with us and we want to bring this sport forward. And we can do it, you know, but it's about people's mindsets changing a little bit, thinking about the future and the kids that are coming through and really making this sport you know, the sport should be, which is, you know, a real professional level. We, we've got opportunities to do that. You know, we've passed phase one of recognition with Sport England, and we're working on the final phase of recognition now. You know, we're not that far away. We just need to people come together, work together for the sport, have a common goal, yeah, and, and, you know, I can see it being done, you know, in the near future if we do that. I think the key, the key thing is, is that people need to put politics behind them. We're here for one sport. It's one sport. It's a huge sport. It's a fantastic sport as well. And only together, when we work together, can we actually make it a fantastic sport that we know it can be, that we can project across the country in a professional atmosphere and a professional site that we actually know can be done. But again, I just put the call out to everybody. Let's all work together. Let's all work together, set a common set of principles and goals and ambitions and make the sport what it can be regardless of politics and regardless of egos and everything else, get in touch, let's get this, let's get this up and running and working together for everybody. The benefits are there for everyone. Benefits are there for everyone. We've just got to bring it together. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today. So obviously they were speaking within that, that particular clip in relation to kickboxing as a as a sport as a martial art in its own right but i think a lot of those ideas could transfer on a on a on a wider scale to martial arts as a whole now i know this is an incredibly difficult subject and very subjective one when it comes to sort of policing or regulating the martial arts industry as a whole i've i've been one i've 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 ever put myself forwards for this before with other groups you know some sort of MOT as such, I suppose, like an assessment on a on a set, like maybe every two years, every three years, to just check where instructors are, you know, uh, uh, with regards to their 
physical training, with their policies in place, with their insurance, with things. Um, and I know it's a difficult one because you could, and we've had this before, you could have a former world-level martial artist that through an injury or illness or something else has been left in a position where they can coach really well, but physically they can't do it. But I would argue in that case, then they would have a provable, traceable history. My issue with the other side of it is when you get these people like the chap I was spoke, speaking about before, who is teaching a system that is completely made up. And I, I don't want to get into the argument of the, the, the history of martial arts and that they all started somewhere. That's not really into this. What I'm saying is they have rocked up into a sports hall, created a made-up system, graded themselves to a, to a, a senior downgrade, and then they're teaching that to kids. Now, if they're going to do that, you know, if they're literally just going to make something up and start teaching it with with no, I mean, what's the history of their training? You know, what, what who did they train under? How long have they been training for? If they were training under somebody else, why did they leave and then set up their own thing and then just randomly grade themselves with no extra? I, I get it when people, I'm no, I have no issue with people creating their own systems, not at all. But the, I know some very good martial artists and honest people that have done just that. But then what they've done is they've gone to outside bodies to then say, okay, will you be our national governing body or our national supporting body? And then they've gone through an assessment process with those people and they've brought external people in to do any additional assessments for their grades or their students' grades. So that, you know, there's, there's a tangible, there's, a, there's evidence there that they've done their best to make it as legitimate or, you know, to make it legitimate. Um, these people that just rock up, make up something, have they got insurance? Have they got DBS checks? Have they got safeguarding policies? You know, what, what's been done to check these things? Because it's happening in pretty much every other activity out there. It's just not happening in martial arts. So there has to, I, I personally, I think there is definitely room for something there, even if it's just on a very basic level, a check that must be done for all martial arts instructors. Because some, some people might turn around and say, well, yeah, well, if it's that basic, what's the point in doing it? Well, I think the point is... If these people that are making random things up and grades and syllabus and it will it will p- potentially put them off from doing it if they feel that there is a chance that they might get caught out, even if it is only on a very basic level. If they look and think, well, oh crap, I'm not going to be able to fulfil the criteria for that. I won't bother because at the minute that doesn't exist, so they are bothering, you know. So. I, I think definitely some of the, the messages within that last clip are definitely worth as an industry is all considering to maybe look to ad- adopt on a wider scale. Right, moving on. So, um, a little bit more of a positive one. Not that that was a negative one, but definitely a positive one. Um, I got chatting the other day um, to a, a chap on Facebook called Callum who has a really cool, really cool positive idea. Um, for a martial arts-based talent competition um, with a view to uh, touring it around the country. So um, they have actually got a Facebook group. I'm actually going to go look for it now. I had it on I had it on my, my, my page ready, and then I've um, turned it off as I've been talking. So it's martial arts got talent, I believe it is. I'm just going to type that in now while I'm sat here. Is it going to come up? Is my internet going to work? No, it's not. Oh, yes. So let me pe- press on there. So it's listed as Martial Arts Got Talent. Um, they have a cool little logo, so M-A-G-T. Uh, from what I can make out from the quick chat that I've had with them, they're looking to um, take this around the UK, um, involving martial artists from schools and you know, all sorts of things going on. And it's a really, really cool-looking idea, uh, a positive thing for the industry. So if you go check that out on Facebook, if you, if you, I, t- I typed in Martial Arts Got Talent uh, and it came up. Um, you know, I've had a, a quick chat with them about any way that myself and the show can get involved and some potential there for it as well. So I would just say keep an eye out for it. Keep, a, keep an eye out for it. Right, we're going to move on to a listener question now, an email that I had come through our... That was a Facebook ping because I turned the sound back up there when I went on to check that. <laughs> Turn that back down, be a professional. Okay, now this person actually sent this question in and they asked for me not to mention their name, which is fine, which is one of the things that we do. And I kind of understand it. Um, and the question from them was, um, are martial arts associations democratic enough? And if not, does that cost them? Um, he says, I come from a pretty well-known Taekwondo association and they are generally very good at what they do. But they but they are all old grandmasters. That's his words, not mine. 
Now, I know that there is a vast base of knowledge and experience there and that being grandmasters, they deserve to be at the head of their organizations. But I feel that we are missing out on new and exciting ideas. They seem to lack understanding of technology and social media. So communication can suffer. Also, due to their time in the arts, do they really know what people that are looking to join are looking for and how to move forwards? Um, now he goes on to say, obviously, I'm not suggesting that they should be replaced, but I feel that there generally could be a better flow of ideas and communication between the masters and the students. Wow. Okay, where where do you start on that one? Now, what I will say is, I um, I run my school now. Obviously, uh, we've had Mr. John McNally on before from the ITC, the International Taekwondo Council, and I do work with them with regards to my Taekwondo-based sections of my school um but we 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 sort of work on a very sort of hands-off way you know they let me get on with what i get on with and i go back to sort of use them as a knowledge pool and obviously i've i've worked with a lot of taekwondo based groups over the many decades i've been involved with with the arts and i think it ultimately depends on which group you're working with um i can see how it could happen um as is with the case of the the bkc i mentioned earlier on um David Jenkins, he's the manager there, and he does an absolutely fantastic group with their social media elements. Um, very, very good at communication. Um, so, I, I don't know. I, could they be missing out? I, I would say yes, they could. Um, I know you've sent me that email through um, putting it to me, and you mentioned in it not to mention your name because of the political elements of Taekwondo, but I think really, if I'm honest, and I'm not suggesting that this necessarily needs to be you, but as a whole in general, if people aren't going to take these comments to these grandmasters and to these heads of these associations, then they're always going to be a problem, aren't they, really? I mean, there's, I, I don't think it would be deemed to be rude or impolite to, to, to say, um, have you considered this, this or this? I suppose it's all in how you word it. If you just say to them, your communication is crap and our association is suffering, then yeah, they're not going to be best pleased. But maybe if you were to put forward some suggestions, maybe if you were to maybe suggest that they formed maybe a sort of a panel or a group of um, experts within that area, because, you know, within the within the associations, there's going to be people who are sort of um, PR specialists or um, social media experts, you know, see if they would be interested in getting involved in it, maybe initially on a voluntary basis, just to give some advice um you know and and sort of positively approach these people with your and don't even don't even raise them as concerns just more as sort of um interested suggestions and come at it from a positive point of view and the more people that do that then the better these situations are going to be i would think anyway um, but as i say i i like to take quite a a hands off approach to this i don't i don't like getting involved in martial arts sort of association politics because it's a ball like it's sort of i just can't be doing with it i just like training and teaching and getting on with stuff but anyway that's just me now the next question that came in again was a listener question um forgive me i've not actually written your name down which is a bit rude um I've got, actually i might have done i've got that many bits of paper in here but you'll know who you are anyway um this person actually asks um or he mentioned that how do i deal with the difference between the different types of kicking, the dynamics of kicking when teaching workshops to people of multiple disciplines. Um, now, I've been there plenty of times. Uh, people come along and they're, they're joining with my workshop because it's advertised as a kicking workshop. And, you know, I've been on one very recently where we had people from Taekwondo, from WTF, or WT as it's known now, ITF. We had uh, people from Karate, from Kickboxing, and all these different, different arts that all have different approaches to kicking and you know um some people like i've taught on some workshops where they just don't work lead leg turning and round kicks in their art and uh, or, or hook kicks they don't they just don't do it or they don't do spin kicks and um, i've never really found it to be a problem as such they sometimes you get pushback from people that um i did actually have it recently where a chap was given a bit of a head shake and a tut at me when we were doing lead leg round kicks or lead leg turning kicks some people call them um, but the way I came at it with it to him from was, well, look, you know, you don't ever have to use this kick ever. But just for today, for the next 20 minutes, we're going to be working on this. Look at it as an exercise. It's a drill because there'll be elements of this technique 
that you can take away and you can implement in a, a kicking technique that you do in your style. Because, you know, our legs only work a certain amount of ways. You know, at the end of, I don't want to say end of the day then, I hate that phrase. <laughs> but no, um, you know, your legs only work a certain amount of ways. So there's only a certain amount of variation that we can put into kicking. And, you know, yes, you can say, oh, you can tweak your hip, lift your knee this way or lift it that way, and it makes a difference. And it does, absolutely. But the, the anatomical design and layout of your leg is such that it works in a certain way. So an exercise that you could do to improve one kick will work to help improve another kick. So the way I tend to come at it a lot of times in these workshops is not to say, okay, we're practicing a kick as such, more we're practicing a drill or an exercise to help with a variety of techniques so that the people that are really style-focused don't get confused and strung up and hung up on um, the technique element. Um, because there's, there's, I, I like to work, I've, I'm, without going on, on, I could do a whole podcast on this, um, it was a bit weird like that, but I don't like to focus so much on flexibility as much as flexibility within the kicking range so we're sort of talking midsection if we're talking sport based midsection to head height i like to work flexible excuse me flexibility within the techniques themselves rather than overall flexibility Um, and so a lot of the drills that i work tend to focus on the kicking window as i call it um, or kicking range and 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 that can be transferred through pretty much all the different kicking techniques so um i suppose in answer to your question that i don't really get i don't really get over the differences more as i just come at it from a we're not working on application of techniques so much as we're working on drills to help improve your kicks if that makes sense sometimes i'll go to a workshop and we will work on specific kicks and um, sometimes i will work them and i'll say guys this is just for fun take from it what you want if nothing else it's a workout it's good fun. Sometimes that is the best approach with it. Um, this next one, this is a really cool one. And one of our listeners, long-time listeners and supporters of the show, Daniel, was actually at the premiere for the new Scott Atkins film, Avengement. Now, some of you might have seen this post on Facebook, and he was wearing our podcast T-shirt to the film premiere, to Scott Atkins' film, Avengement, to the film premiere. How cool is that? I was scrolling through Facebook, as you do, kind of in a semi-zombified state. You know, you've got your finger on your phone, and you're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I scrolled past it, and I'm like, hang on, was that my was that my logo? So I went back, and there's Daniel stood with Scott Atkins on a VIP red carpet of Avengement in my podcast T-shirt. How cool is that? So, challenge, guys. Challenge. By the way, if you've not got a podcast t-shirt and you want one, if you head over to www.kickbackpodcast.com, there's a shop button and you can get one from there. You can pick from a variety of sizes and colours and all that jazz. Um, and each payment goes towards supporting their very increasing show costs. Anyway, there's my little plug done. But if you're going to go to an event, see if you can top that. Who can <laughs> who can top that? Daniel's worn the t-shirt to um, a red carpet event, a Scott Kings movie. Can you beat that? Daniel, can you beat that? There's your challenge. Let's see what you can come up with. But no, Daniel was at the Southwest show and I um, signed a, a card for him and gave him some stickers and stuff and just to say thanks because that was such a cool gesture to do. Absolutely such a cool gesture to do. So uh, moving on, we've got this ah, little little um, plug from a, a friend of the show with his own thing that he's got going on, Mr. Jamie Club, who was, I think it was episode three or four, going back right to the start, he was actually on the show talking about what he gets up to with his training and his podcast. Um, and he sent us a quick clip for something that he's going got going off in his own podcast at the minute and his training. So let's have a quick listen. Hello, this is Jamie Club from the Club Chimera Martial Arts Podcast. Honoured to be speaking again on Chris Jones's excellent Kickback Podcast. It's great to see Kickback moving smoothly into its second year, where I look forward to listening to more entertaining martial material. I'm on here to quickly talk about my upcoming Vagabond Warriors martial arts cross-training workshops this summer. These three-hour intensive training sessions will cover Club Chimera's approach to cross-training. Each workshop will focus on a certain martial art discipline or concept, and then we will train different ways to use it to add to, replace, complement or enhance techniques from other martial arts as they best suit you. We will be working primarily towards the incorporation of martial arts into self-defence or mixed martial arts which allows quite a broad area to work. I'll be limiting the number of students 
so that we have a more focused approach on training specific areas. These workshops were originally designed for my private clients as a means for meeting up, training with one another and setting personal goals. But I've opened it up to anyone who would like to attend, allowing other martial artists who are interested in my work or live too far afield to join us. We'd be delighted to have you all involved. The venue is suitably quiet and secluded in the Cotswold countryside in Overnorton, Oxfordshire. The starting age for training is 15 years, but if we do have a strong interest for those under that age, I'll consider opening up a junior section. The first workshop will be on the 28th of July 2019, and the second one will be on the 25th of August 2019, so I'll need to hear from you soon to secure your place. Please contact me using the contact page on the website clubchimera.com. That is C-L-U-B-B-C-H-I-M-E-R-A dot com. Thanks for listening. I hope to hear from you soon. In the meantime, keep up the superb work on the show, Chris. Well, thank you very much, Jamie. Um, it's good to hear that I'm getting something right. <laughs> no, joking aside, um, thanks for sending that clip in. Anybody else that's got anything going on? See, I'm a nice guy. I'll promote your stuff for you. I keep saying this all the time to people. Send me things. Send me things and, I, and, I'll, and I'll give you a shout out. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in that, as Jamie says, go along to the website, have a look, check it out. Um, Jamie does quality work, quality stuff. I've seen it firsthand. So uh, if you're interested in getting involved, go check it out. Right, so what we're going to do now is we're going to get straight into our match chat with Matthew Chapman. This week we are going to be discussing, as I've already set up, we're going to be discussing um, all things summer camp. I talk about some of my experiences previously uh, working for other people and myself and all this sort of stuff. So go check it out. Have a good listen. Go into it with an open mind. Go. In, I would say that. There's some of you there. Oh, summer camps. Ooh, don't, don't do that. Even if, look, even if... You're sat there thinking, I'm not going to do a summer camp. You might come out at the end of this bit and you might think, I now have an even stronger reason to not do a summer camp. But at least you've listened and learned, haven't you? But now, joking aside, take it all in and I'll catch you on the other side. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. It's that time of the week. We've got Mitmaster Matthew Chapman on the phone, ready to talk all things business. How are we doing today, sir? I'm okay. The weather is atrocious. I don't care. Ah. <laughs> what do you mean you don't care? Oh, all right, sorry. Well, it's doing the same here anyway. It's, it's, you're, it's... you're British, so you do care. Yeah, I know. It's tipping it down. No, I meant more from the point of view that, you know, you, you, you were in the sunshine and... <laughs> Usually, yeah. And, and, you know, now it's raining on you, so ha. Huh. Oh, yeah, no, it's calmer, isn't it? Oh, Get well. wet and all that. But, yeah, it's crap, isn't it? It's like, it's like I don't know, the fail to install the summer. It's, it's they not, need to reboot well, reboot with the weather <laughs> and actually that kind of leads nicely into our topic doesn't it really because I guess we're going to have a lot yes. of outside playing tenuous link I like it yeah um, so we were, last <laughs> week we were talking about holiday camps and um, obviously with the half term just been recently um, and now everybody you know the fourth forward thinking people already in prepping for the summer holidays that are going to be coming up really fast it's the bit of the year that the parents we all look forward to it so much Yes, not. I'm <laughs> bored. So yeah, yeah now's the time, isn't it? Now's the time to be prepping and and getting all the activities and promotion ready. Yeah, because so, it's not long, is it? How long until uh, summer holidays start? Uh, not well. I mean, I, I should know. Really, having two kids, but I, I haven't a clue. What is it? It's the, it's middle of June now, and it's what end of July they break I, up. So yeah, so if you are. Um, thinking of getting a summer camp sorted in the holidays, you need to be advertising it and you need to be pushing it now. Have you run uh, summer camps yourself, Chris? I have, yeah. I, um, I'll i be honest. I do them as single-day camps. I don't do them as proper full-blown holiday camps Yeah. Um, because, in all honesty, I do my head in. But yes. in the past, in the past, I have done them when I was employed by somebody else. We did them every day over the six weeks. Every uh, day, every day, and the guy made a fortune. Of course, of course, because you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you out. What we actually ended up doing was we um, we rotated. So if we tore, if so, if we went in at nine a.m. for the full day camp, yeah, we then, I, you know, say I did the camp, then I wouldn't teach in the evenings. If the other person went in and did the camp, then. He wouldn't teach in the evening. So we sort of alternated between us. There was four, three or four staff members, so we sort of rotated. Yeah. Um, this is back in the days where ratios were just not even a thing. <laughs> so yeah. 
one adult one adult 30 kids in the park easy yes um, but, um i mean they, they were they were good and obviously they were financially amazing for the person in charge who didn't actually do any of them yeah. um and they were brilliant for um bringing in new students because the camps finished as the classes started so wow. the kids yeah. would either see the classes and go oh i quite want to do that or what this particular instructor did was he offered them uh, for a reduced rate for the opportunity for them to stay on for the first beginner session at the end of the camp. Ah, so the parents got an extra. So, you know, it was, it was nine till five. Yeah. Well, most of them couldn't pick up at five because it was yeah. too, that's like, well, that's when I finish. So, okay, well, you could do nine till six. Well, it's an extra. It's an extra however much. And the kids get to do the first class. And cool. at the end of the holidays, they go, oh, here's your first belt. So what? What? <laughs> do they? Well, that was one of the things that they would do. You know, they'd do a like a like a present presentation of their white belt at the end. Oh, of... gotcha, white belt. Yeah, yeah. Right. and then they go, oh, <laughs> oh, first first belt. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, Some schools do gradings in six six weeks, dude. So, but that's a different topic for a different day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, what what tips did you learn? Because I, I did summer camps uh for a while at my school i didn't really enjoy them okay. um so i stopped doing them Same. which is not the the best idea because really you you know they work and they can add a massive uh, income stream to your school during the quietest part of the year and like you say get new customers in um so what i should have done is employed a a, a younger group to do that yes. but, but i didn't what what did you learn from your time in summer camp hell Summer camp hell. Um, forward planning is you need to plan it out. You yeah, can't yeah, you can't yeah. wing it from day to day. It's it's not. Too I mean, much you, yeah. I mean, in theory, you shouldn't really be winging teaching your classes. But in, I think, in all honesty, most of us have a certain level of experience. We we tend to a little bit, um, you know, because we've got the experience. But with the summer camps, you just can't do that because you don't know if you're going to get twenty absolute little dreams or twenty absolute little pain in the asses and yeah. you've got to have it prepped and planned and structured and yeah. you know uh, so you know and so that they know as well um that i found that's a massive i mean i, I only do a single half well we do like half day camps and yeah. even those we plan i plan those to the minute yeah and how do you like kids getting tired kids getting bored um that tell, type. Them, to, tell them to shut up and get on with it <laughs> i'm joking <laughs> Um, well, what we te- what I do, uh, joking aside, is when I'm with my with the ones that I do, I schedule it so that they have um, running around, running around, running around, high activity nunchucks. Yeah. So right. they're doing like the, you know the foam cord nunchucks, the really safe yeah. ones. So then they're getting to stand still and wave their arms around a little bit. Yeah, and then run them around, picking pads, kicking pads, kicking pads, and then we'll have sort of like twenty minutes Xbox time. Right. Okay. Run them around, run them around, run them around, and then we'll do. Um, we'll get uh, something for them to watch right so like uh, you know something like youtube or something and they'll sit and have a snack and you know drink and whatever and then run them around again so they have like um high energy bit of downtime high energy bit of downtime right so they don't burn out and they don't yeah they get rest when they need yeah um that works really well for us and um, a lot of schools do like day trips out to a cinema or they yeah. go to a park and they do all that but of course with all of that you'll need adequate insurance you need yes. risk assessments filled out you'll need yes. a sufficient number of dbs checked uh, people with you can't just take 30 kids out base or you can do but it's you know highly i mean yeah you can do and I, and I know i know some that just do it they just take the chance and and oh, so yeah. far they've been lucky and nothing's happened but i i just can't operate like that yeah, it, you know if something happens to one of the child in your care and you're the only person with 30 odd children and there's no systems or structures or adequate insurance you can lose your business yeah absolutely absolutely it's not worth it which Don't, is why i mean the way the guidelines with from what i remember for 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 child care with regards to kids in a sporting environment is it's a little bit looser but right. um, but even that said, we still I still only do half day camps to keep it under what is deemed to be childcare. Okay. Uh, right. And because I then don't have to worry about doing a full day because it's just easier. And I've found that the parents value um, you know, say um 
nine till twelve or one till five or whatever, they yeah. value that just as much as a full day. They'll 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 still pay twenty five thirty quid for a half day. Oh, absolutely, because we're both parents. Let's be yeah. honest. It's hard having your kids in the house for six yeah. weeks. They're not like we were when we were kids, which was we got kicked out and we went out on our bikes. Yeah, we don't do that anymore. No. So it's like you've got to entertain them. And if you put them on the um, the Xbox or the Switch for like six hours during the day, one, you feel really guilty as a parent. And, yeah. you know, they're not getting any exercise, no. uh, frazzling their brains. So it's not even a, a, an option. Yeah. So parents are desperate for this type of thing, which, you know, is actually good physical activity and discipline and all the good stuff we do in martial arts. So I think you should charge appropriately for it. And yeah. it's helps you out during those quiet bits during the summer when you know your classes are dead in the evening because everyone's up yeah and i mean the thing thing with it is as well is i i when we trialed it um the first it was a christmas it was years ago um i can't remember why there was something came up i can't honestly remember what it was but there was all of a sudden there was a i think it was the way that the days worked out it, it meant that their kids broke up from school and it was christmas really quick Right. So there was very little time, and I and I just thought I saw an opportunity and thought, well, the parents are going to be desperate to get rid of the kids for four hours to get the Christmas shopping done. Yeah. So I I actually called it um, uh, parents camp. parents Christmas <laughs> shopping something when I marketed yeah. it to the parents. I didn't put it on the poster in the gym, but when I emailed the parents, that's what I called it. Yeah. Get rid of your kids and go and do your shopping for five yeah. hours. No, it's a great idea. And so, we filled we filled it three times. We we only did, we only had one scheduled and it filled. So then I put another one on it filled. So then I put another one on it filled, and we put ten kids on each one. No, no sorry, fifteen kids on each one. Yeah, 20, 20 quid ahead. Yeah. And boom, you know that was Christmas bonus. <laughs> yeah. That, so it's it's a, your way of providing a service that's needed. Yeah. You don't want to drag. You can't drag your kids around the shops. It's just too stressful for them and for you, isn't it? So. I I happily pay for my children to do all sorts of uh, summer camps and other camps if they want to do it. Um, so that they get to spend time with other children, socialising, they get to have fun, they get to learn stuff, they come back all happy. It's, I think it's an amazing service. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, I mean, and I get it, and I'm I'm looking at this now thinking I need to I need to not be negative about it because... If I, you know, if I put ten kids on at twenty quid a head, let's just say, let's just say, be conservative and say ten kids, ten kids, twenty quid, six weeks, you know, that's one thousand two hundred quid. Yeah. For, for you know, for an afternoon once a week. Yeah. It's just a no-brainer. It just, is. Yeah, it is. And if you have help, you know, you have yeah. multiple instructors, you can you know, fit in more kids, and yeah. yeah, it's 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 a very sensible business decision uh so like i said in my in my own business if i didn't like anything i just stopped doing it which is just not the right thing to do <laughs> i'm exactly the same what i should do is get someone else to do it yes <laughs> which is what i'm trying to do now more of yeah but i'm also not particularly good at management and del- uh, management so neither, i didn't neither am i people and worry about them you know doing everything they needed to do to keep the kids safe so in the end i just like killed it but i know lots of schools who just have an amazing summer camp programs and all sorts of amazing stuff so if you're not doing it i'd recommend like you do maybe start with a half day you don't want to go like straight in and do a whole six week summer camp if you've never done it before no no and and it's it, it is trial and error you know i found for us some of the most popular things for the kids is uh, nerf guns and yeah, and more. it is actually quite brilliant fun one of the games that they like to play in my place is we get all, excuse me, we get all the wave masters out. Yes. And we put, we got, I went online and bought a load of um, plastic safety goggles. Yeah. Um, stick them all, stick the plastic, no, that's it. No, no, not goggles. They're more like um, uh, actual glasses. You know, the, you know the yeah. ones I mean, the plastic yeah. ones. And they line up at one end of the gym and they go one at a time. And we line up all the way, put the wave masters up at like random spots. And they have to get from one end of the gym to the other as fast as possible. And they've only got the wave masters to hide behind. Right. And me and another instructor stand at the other end with machine gun nerf guns and shoot them. <laughs> so that's great fun for you. It's great fun for us. They absolutely love it. 
And then, so we go through all the kids, which in itself takes quite a while, but they're yeah. all hyper and they're loving it. And yes. they get, they're accidentally getting shot while they're not playing the game anyway. So they're yeah, all, they're, they're loving it. Yeah. They're loving it. Um, and we do that. And then we uh, rotate. So we, we, the instructors take it in turns at going and the yeah. kids take it in turns at shooting us. Yeah, great. That's an hour. Yes. And it's so easy. And then we play a game at the end. Martial arts, can you? Because it's just yeah. too much. No, and then we play a game at the end of the Nerf. This, the, and, and I did this accidentally one year. I said, right, um, uh, Mr. Reed, who was the guy who was helping me out, get a stopwatch. Let's see which team can collect every single Nerf gun pellet in. Yeah. In the fastest time. Ready, steady, go. And there was hundreds of them everywhere. Yeah. And we had a timed race to see who could collect the most in and yeah. put them in the buckets and which team got the most. And then we counted them out. And then the winning team got to choose the next game and all. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. It does sound quite good, actually. Maybe I should do a few kids' camps. <laughs> just be careful, anyone out there. Just be careful calling it a Nerf activity oh, party yeah. because the company will just screw you instantly if they catch you. Um, like, I, I, straight away, I know several people who've had it happen to them, so... Um, don't mention Nerf guns on your posters. Which is a bit ridiculous, isn't it? Isn't it good marketing for them to have? You would think so, but they actually have a proper licensed yeah, okay. pack package where you can buy into it and or you or they actually have Nerf activity places where you pay to go and do yeah. it. Yeah. So, you know, just be creative with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very cool though, huh? Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm having my ideas now. I'm going to go and get my summer camp prepped. <laughs> uh, and do you just do that once, like once a week, or is it like half a half a day every week? For six yeah, 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 yeah. Usually, usually. Um, and you know that for us, you know, it, it's a nice little bit of extra extra money through, you know, through the books each month. You know, at the end of the, the holidays, but. I mean, we could really do a lot more. We, we yeah. could do one a day if we wanted. Yeah, of course. Yeah, just, you know, and then you know, there's there's a lot of I've noticed a lot of dance centres do it as well, and and they'll have and football, theme, and rugby, yeah, yeah. And tennis, and they, and... they theme every day, and they bring somebody different in because right. there's so many people out there that you can actually tap into if you look at it. Like you can bring a you can bring a policeman in to talk about this, that, or the other, or you can bring a fireman in to talk about. Mm. So you can actually bring other people in from the community completely for free or for a donation. Yeah. And cover part of your session for you. Yes. Uh, like there's a, there's a guy in our town who's got like an exotic animals place. Yeah. So he brings you can pay it. them and he brings the tarantulas and the scorpions and everything, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, but they love it. The kids love it. And you know, people that paint pots and things like that, you can, you can plan these all in in advance and it takes the stress off you. I had the, one of our most popular ones we had one year, we actually had a circus performer come in and they bought, uh, you know, like easy things like spinning plates, plastic plates, but then they bought juggling hoops and uh, they bought one of those gigantic uh, balls that they balance on. Oh yeah. And then a hoop that went round it. So the kids could balance and it didn't topple over and stuff. They did circus skills and they loved it. Yeah. That's a good idea, isn't it? So nice. you know, yeah, like, yeah. Is that easy? You get fifteen kids in twenty quid ahead. You approach them and say, "How much would it be for an hour?" Okay, great. You work it in, and yeah, and you just budget it up and just work out how whether it's possible and how it's going to work. Yeah, totally. A bit. Yeah, and then it's, so you don't have to then worry about having to cover every element of it yourself. There is, there's. Oh, I guess that's the danger, especially if you're like a solo instructor. You think, right? Yeah, this is a really good idea. I'll do five hours a day five days a week for six weeks and you know by the end of the first week you are dead well and, you, and the, the thing is weeks to go yeah it can have a knock-on effect because you get so i've done it you get so excited about the idea oh i've got summer camp and we're going to do all these awesome things and then by the end of the first day you're like shit this is horrible and then the kids go out the door and then your regular classes start yeah and then you're exhausted right so you teach really bad classes which affects your true business that's it exactly so um you know <laughs> I, I found don't worry about having activities that don't involve you doing you know doing as much as you would think would be needed yeah you know don't worry about letting let them have a little bit of xbox time yes as long as you don't as long as you don't sit them down for half of the session <laughs> because you know i i went uh, I, four hours on xbox yeah i just kept an eye out on facebook market and and bought a couple of old 
Xbox 360s. And right. the funniest thing was, and they had this is the greatest thing about it, they, they had more fun on the old Wii, the original one. Course, Some yeah. of them had never even seen one before. Yeah. And I had a, a, a old, I had a PS1 and a Mega Drive. Oh, wow. And they were just like, wow, this is brilliant. What's this thing you put in? And, and then they were playing Sonic on an old TV and they, they were just mesmerized by it. <laughs> so, you know, you don't have to spend a fortune on equipment and stuff either. So, no, or they can just bring their own switches each, right? Yeah. And then uh, another one we did is, um, I know we're going off topic a bit, but one of the things that we planned in, because you, you can look at what's popular at the time. And yeah. what, the time we had Pokemon was like a massive thing. So they all brought their trading cards in and they, they play. I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. But um, they did like Pokemon battles and traded cards and yeah, all that sort of stuff. And all Saturn spoke in Pokemon code for hours and end. Yeah. But and that was massive. And I would advise anyone who's going to do this type of summer camp is to film as much of it as you can because you yeah. can use promos, get testimonials from the kids, get testimonials from the parents. And if you can, try and pre-sell the, the next year's summer camp. Yeah. So if you could do a special deal at the end of the summer camp to say, look, parents, this is so popular, it's going to sell out again next year. If you want to get the kids on it now, Um do my deal and get them on it early so that you know you've already got 10, 20, 30 kids already booked in for next year. Yeah, yeah. But we've had Ninja Turtles summer camp, Karate Kid summer camp, themed yeah. whatever at the time was the in thing. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda summer camp. You know, just yeah. be careful that you're not, um, you know, your internal advertising is one thing, but just, you know, <laughs> just don't, don't, have- don't get a giant banner printed up and stuck outside your gym. <laughs> I've, no, I've seen I've I've seen it in the past. I've worked at schools in the past where they've used stuff without permission, and then they've yeah. had a phone call from somebody going, uh, "You shouldn't be doing that. Stop doing it, or you're in trouble." So, so you stop doing it. Yeah. Well, it was thankfully I was working for them, so it didn't really bother me. Yeah. But but, um, but in those cases, you made a mistake. You stopped doing it. You apologize, and you don't do yeah. it again. Oh, I'm very sorry. I didn't realize. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea that I was profiting from <laughs> yeah but no just be just be sensible i mean it, internally if you're doing a ninja turtle summer camp yeah you know it's it's it's, it's all right it's not gonna be the end you know as long as you don't go go nuts with it and um, we've we've never had a problem with it not that we've ever done it <laughs> backtrack backtrack <laughs> but yeah you just look at whatever i mean Fortnite's massive at the minute now isn't it i mean i'm sure that there's some way of i don't understand it but i'm sure there's probably some way even if it was a fortnight tournament yeah exactly yeah you know it's uh it, it's 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 good it's just limited but limited by your creativity right and if you just i think you know if you just go on google and google summer camp activity ideas yeah. you'll get thousands ninja warrior that's another popular one as well ah right so you created an assault course yeah yeah ninja warrior and then we um you do a timer Kids you knock them into a pool of muddy water, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 similar. Yeah. But yeah, you, you just set a timer and they all go one at a time and they all cheer and you get Facebook Live going and it's great. Yes, very good. Love it. So, yeah, cool. So, uh, what, what, what are you up to then? Anything exciting happening? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple of um, expos going on, haven't we? That have, have we? Snuck up. Yeah, we've oh, got the Southwest we? Martial Arts Show that we're both going to. Yeah. Uh, teaching a few seminars, workshops down there. It'd be nice to see everyone, chat, chill out. So that's down in Bristol. And then, obviously, we've got Kaizen uh, yep. up in Nottingham the weekend afterwards, which we're also both going to. So I'll see you. Our, our wives love us, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> it must do. It must uh, do. So that, that's kind of exciting. It is. It's cool. It's a, we've talked about this before. It's a really positive time for the industry. So much, you know, uh, so many expos and so many positive things going off that uh, it's great. Yeah, it seems like people are start, starting to come back to that meet and greet, go out and spend a day, you know, hanging out with martial arts instructors, doing a workshop, buying some equipment you never use, yeah. and then going home. As long as you keep up with the online stuff as well, I'm happy for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they will do, don't worry. <laughs> Very cool. All right, well, um, thank you for your time. I'll let, right. you get, I'll let you get back to um, going out in the rain and... Uh... I'll see you uh, in, a, in, a, in a short while. The, yeah, the Southwest okay. Show. Cool. And anybody else that's there, if you see us, come and say hello. Yeah. Get a cheesy picture. And uh, 
we can get we can actually get proper photos of people now calls that together in the same place it would be useful wouldn't it <laughs> we'll have to love we'll to look at it oh that's what you look like <laughs> oh, no, i'm looking forward to it it'll be fun i'll see definitely, you there definitely definitely cool all right catch you later sir cheers babe bye brought to you by www.mitmaster.com so thank you to Matt as always for his time on that one. I actually caught up briefly with Matt at the um, Southwest show. He was there teaching some of his Mitmaster content as always. Um, got a nice cheesy smiley picture with him as well. I hope to be catching up with him again very, very soon. Um, so to finish up, the next, the, the final thing that we have going on is um, the Kaizen show. It's coming up very, very soon in a couple of weeks. In fact, um, the details are starting to filter out now for the show with the a massive Massive lineup, excellent lineup of instructors as well. Um, I'm actually going to be teaching on the Nest Management Zone 1 at 1.30 for an hour. Um, I know originally there was some talk about doing a slightly longer workshop, doing things different, but as always is the case with these events, it's a continuous sort of ongoing process of refinement and changing ideas. So if you have a ticket to Kaizen already, or indeed are thinking about going to Kaizen and haven't got a ticket yet I would get one soon if I were you though because I know they are running very low Um, then you can come join in my workshop it's not a a separate thing you can just come along and join in one thirty. (coughs) excuse me (coughs) as is always the case lots of kicking stuff (laughs) it's my my favourite thing Um, kicking pads sometimes people as well it depends who turns up but no joking aside it's open to all as long as you have a ticket obviously and um, we're going to have a really good time as we usually always do last last year's workshop with about 50 60 people on it it was a really good turnout Um, and I'm hoping for more of the same this year so if you're interested get along to the the Kaizen um, Martial Arts Facebook group and all the information on how to get tickets is there Um, really nice thing that I saw actually from the show this week as well was that they were supporting the Southwest show which is really really cool to see because you know all of, none of these events are really in competition they're all at different times of the year different areas um, attracting different people or even if it is some of the same people there, there, there's plenty of gap between them all um, and you know I, I saw some of the people at the Southwest show that I saw last year at Kaizen and indeed earlier in the year at the UK Martial Arts show so um, it's good to see these events supporting each other uh, and helping to, to push the industry forward and continue to help it to grow. Um, so um, I'm just trying to think when's it? Oh, J- July the seventh for Kaiser, July the seventh. So I hope to see some of you there. And if you've got your t-shirt, remember get that t-shirt on so I can spot you from the crowd. Um, I'm going to be there supporting the the podcast as well. So um, if you're there and you're um, come and say hi, I've got free, I'm going to have freebies. So if you like freebies, I've got loads of stickers and things. So if you want a free sticker, come and see them and you can have a sticker. Um, we had a little bit of fun, actually, at the Southwest show with one of my podcast stickers. Um, it circulated around the crowd a few hundred times. It ended up on the backs of people's trousers, hats, uh, shirts. In fact, Grayson, who was um, one of the guests at the uh, at the Southwest show, one of the uh, actors in Tribal, one of my cast members, um, he <laughs> he ended up going home and actually out afterwards uh, into his local town with one of my podcast stickers still stuck to his back. Poor guy. Um, so it was a little bit of fun. Maybe we could keep that going at the Kaizen show as well. So yeah, do come and see me if you're there. Um, so yeah, that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you all, as always, for your continued support. Please do continue to like and share and review and all that good stuff because it really, really, really helps. If nothing else, nothing else, it makes me smile. So um, please do uh, continue to like, share and all that sort of thing. Just help spread the word. Thank you, guys. And I will catch up with you all very soon. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com.